Welcome to the Living in Freedom Everyday Podcast, hosted by writer, speaker, teacher, minister, and soon-to-be doctor, Charity Miller. The Life Podcast is all about how to find freedom from the baggage and hangups in life that try to drag you down. Charity and her guests will discuss topics such as grief, marriage, friendships, ministry, community outreach, and so much more. Hi, my name is Mike. I'm Charity's husband, producer, and sometimes co-host. Right now, let me put my producer hat on and welcome to the microphone, my beautiful wife of almost 30 years, Charity Miller. Hi, welcome to the Living in Freedom Everyday Podcast. My name is Charity Miller. This is season one, episode 10. On today's episode, we are discussing ways to start the healing process and journeying through that. I am joined today by my producer and husband, Michael. Sit back, lean in, and let's walk out this life together. Welcome everyone for our final episode of season one. We will be back for season two, um, but today we're going to gradually unpack um, some of the healing ways that we've talked about over the season. Um, We've unpacked different types of grief and Lord knows we know we have not covered them all. There are so many various types and so many different ways that you can grieve and things that we probably don't even know about. Um, but we have tried to cover the vast majority of people who would be grieving and kind of what they are grieving from. Um, each guest and topic has given some practical advice on ways to start healing. Um, there has been the, hey, take yourself out for 10 minutes, give yourself a timer, cry, scream, yell, fuss, fight. There's been um, fine prayer, fine meditation. There's been journaling. There's been um, pour yourself into work, which probably is not one that everybody deems um, appropriate, but a lot of people will pour themselves into work until they can find the time to sit down and just let it all out. There's been the just let it all out. There's been music. There's been a multitude of things that have been expressed what is one that captured your attention, Michael? Uh, well, you know, it's like we said in, in episode number nine. Um, I think, you know, one way to heal, and, and you have noticed a trend that you've mentioned a lot, not only that helps you heal, but also helps, or, or, well, let me back up. Not only does it help you heal, but it also triggers you, and that's music. Correct. You know, music. I'm a big worshiper, though. You are, yeah, yeah. I mean, worship and music has played a, a big part in your life all your life. And so, um, you know, I said on the last episode of episode nine that, uh, you know, for me to help heal, uh, it's just worship music. You know, I think just getting in, in the presence of God and, and again, kind of realigning yourself, shifting your focus from, you know, yourself and your pain and your misery. And again, nothing wrong with that grieve, but to kind of refocus about mm-hmm. what it's really all about. You're healing in the moment. Yeah, exactly. So one of my favorites is, um, I think I've mentioned it before, the casting crown, scars in heaven. That's kind of the one that causes me to, if I feel triggered by something other than music, if there's a commercial that plays, Christmas time is horrible. Um, I love (laughs) Christmas commercials, but they are so triggering. Um, So depending on what has caused the trigger and the overwhelming grief at that particular moment, I can typically put that song on take the first two verses, just squall and cry and scream. And then by the last verse, I'm starting to come back into my moment and able to function and give it over to God and start that next step. Do you have one in particular that causes you to really focus on God when you have a moment? What, a song? Mm -hmm. You said worship. I'm putting you on Uh, the spot. I mean, not necessarily. Not that I can think of. So just any worship song? Yeah. Just worship in general? Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. only one worship song that I just absolutely cannot hear that doesn't help me at all. And you know it. <laughs> and he fusses at me because of the so- the song. So you can go ahead and say it. Well, I mean, I, I can get why, but the the song and, and the meaning of the song has nothing to do with actually talking about earthly fathers. It's Good, Good Father mm-hmm. by Chris Tomlin. Would you like mm-hmm. me to play it right no, now? No, I do okay. not want you to play it right now because then I would be a blubbering mess and not be able but, to continue. But, you know, it, it says you're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, he repeats it about 50 other times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's a worship song. Yeah, and that's what they do in worship. You can't you can't write a good worship song unless you have some oohs, some ahs, 
some OOs and you repeat the same lyric about 50 times. Right. That's, that's exactly what it is. That's, that's a worship song. That's, to you. that's a worship song. Yes. But, so it's, it's not because of the top. It's not because of the topic of the song. It's because of the way that my father uh-huh. mirrored what he wanted us to see God as. Yeah. And your dad was a good, good father. A but good that's dad. not why the song triggers me. The song triggers me because my father did the work that God put him on earth to do and mirrored yeah. God in our eyes. So right. we knew that God was a good, good father because, because of, our father because was a of good your father. good, good father. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I think that was that first realizing moment that I heard that song after daddy's death right. was that day in the car that I described where I was driving to work. That song came on and I lost 100% lost my everything on the side of the road. You lost it. Yeah. And that song just happened to be the trigger. And it was that overwhelming knowledge of, I knew that that's what my daddy had been doing all my life Mm -hmm. from the time I was probably two years old onward. I can remember daddy mirroring God. And so I knew that that was my good, good father. I knew that God was taking care of me. I didn't Mm -hmm. have a, I didn't have a, a doubt in my mind that, what the Bible says was going to be what was happening. Yeah. I just knew that I missed my daddy and I didn't spend the time I thought I should have. And we're all busy. We all grow up. We all have our own families. We all move away and do our own thing. But then you think, well, I spend time every day with God. Why didn't I spend time every day with my earthly dad? And so those kind of mess, those kinds of things come into your mind. And that song is, probably my biggest trigger i still can't hear i mean the first time they played those first (laughs) notes at church i'm like i'm done i gotta go to the bathroom well actually you've grown because i think we were together not too long ago and uh someone's i forget where were we someone started playing it it was a concert but it wasn't at our church Mm-mm. It was somewhere else. And they started playing it and you were fine. Oh, no, no, no. That was the Carrie Job concert. That's right. And you were fine. I wasn't fine. Well, I wor- just hit it. You worshiped through it. No, I you didn't worship through it. I yeah. sat down and buried my face in my hands and kept my mouth shut. No, you, I don't remember Mm-mm. that. No. Nope. I didn't get up till after the song was no. over. Well, needless to say, because of that, we don't attend church on Father's Day. Um, I typically do the photo booth <laughs> and the giveaways and stay out of church Which, on that day. Which, side note to worship pastors, if you're listening to the song. Stop and you, playing that song and on you Father's put, Day. Well, first off, I mean, how 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 more cliche can you be? Come on, really? I mean, good that's good like father. shooting yeah. fish, fish in the barrel. If you play good, good father. Izzy has made her appearance. Yeah, if you play good, good father on Father's Day, stop it. Because there's much better Be more creative. Yeah, there's much better songs you could play. <laughs> All right. No, we're not going to fuss it at worship leaders. They can do that. Um, <laughs> so while we were talking about this, there was also um, one of the other things that a lot of people said was get into scripture, start looking into what God says about grief and how he um, talks. Our Bible is the infallible word, infallible meaning that it is everlasting. It is un. Um, you cannot say that any point of it is a lie. It is all 100% truth. It is all living and breathing and an actual, even scholars will tell you it is a living, breathing document, just like the Constitution and the Declaration. It continues to breathe and live every single minute of every single day. And one of the one of the scripture verses that stood out so present to me was John eleven thirty five, and it says Jesus wept. It's the shortest verse in the Bible, um, and that's what most people know it as. It's one of those verses that every kid can go, "Ooh, I memorized a verse. I memorized John eleven thirty five. You know, Jesus wept. I got it. I got it. I got it." You know, they get the little gold star in Baptist Children's Church and things like that. Um, but do you know why Jesus wept? Uh, Don't read my notes to answer that question. Well, no, I knew this. I'm, 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 okay. I'm impressed with myself. I knew this because he was in mourning. He was mourning the fact that that uh, his that Lazarus had died. Right. Yeah. He was mourning Lazarus' death, and one of his as one of his friends. Lazarus wasn't just somebody he knew. Lazarus was a close friend that he was able to that he had seen many times. And while Jesus could have saved him, and probably would have. Um, Mary and Martha fully expected Jesus to save him, but he did not arrive in time. Jesus let him die so that others might see the miracle of the resurrection power. 
This is so powerful as Jesus at that moment took on the grief that we feel right now. Knowing that Jesus was fully man and fully God, he had to feel all of those human emotions and pains in order to be able to heal us when we grieve, in order to be able to take our burdens or go to the cross as our substitute. He felt grief just like we put the crown of thorns on him to fill our headaches, just like he healed us by his stripes. He healed our grief by knowing what our grief was when Lazarus died. Um, Jesus wept out of the grief for Lazarus and out of the grief that we have felt at the loss of a friend, a pet, a family member, a spouse, a parent, grandparent, or child. Jesus also weeps for us and with us. To me, that's one of the most comforting verses that I found when I was researching grief is it's just, it is that all encompassing knowing that while we've always heard sitting in church that God heals us, that God has taken on his stripes, that he has taken the crown of thorns, that he was thirsty, that he was hungry, that he prayed in the garden for us, that he went to the cross for our salvation. All these things that we know that Jesus came to earth to be fully man, fully human, and fully God all at the same time to experience the cravings and desires and wants and the needs and the pains and aches that we have, he didn't just forget about the one thing that most people want to say is taboo to talk about. Yeah. He didn't forget about grief. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too, that, you know, yes, you know, there'd been a few days that had passed, you know, before he showed up to mm -hmm. raise Lazarus from the dead. Yeah. The Bible said he stank. Yeah. Yeah. He was kicking like a, <laughs> like a pack of ninjas. <laughs> um, so, but I think the thing that, that's interesting uh, is that you know, when he showed up, it wasn't like, you know, his grief was gone. I mean, when he showed up to to raise him from the dead, mm -hmm. he was still grieving. Yeah. But he did something that helped him with his grief and in his way of dealing with grief as he served. He mm -hmm. was so he became a servant at that point. You know what right. I mean? I mean, yeah. yes, he was performing a miracle, but he was also serving Mary and Martin right. and Lazarus. Yeah. Right. So and the community at large that knew them. Where he took it off of himself mm -hmm. <laughs> and put it back on others. Mm -hmm. So yeah. He took all of their grief. Yeah. Everything that they were feeling in that moment that Lazarus was gone. He'd been dead three days. He stunk. Why do you even bother kind of thing? And Mary and Martha's just, I mean, imagine losing the only brother they had, the only source of their income at that time. And he just took it all away from them in that one moment when he said, Lazarus, get up. So, you know, I'm reading through the notes here. Stop reading ahead of me. No, I'm not reading ahead. I'm actually going back. Okay. So I'm reading through the notes here. Two things. One, uh, why do you think that Mary and Martha expected or were fully expectant for Jesus to, you know, revive or, or raise Lazarus mm -hmm. from the dead? That's question one. And question two is, do you think Lazarus was expecting to be raised from the dead? Well, question one, Mary and Martha knew Jesus in his ministry. They knew that he was the son of God. They knew that he performed miracles and they fully expected him to perform this miracle right. for their brother, who was also his friend and a, yeah. and a close, you know, connection. Right. Um, so Mary and Martha both fully expected that because of the connection that Jesus had with Lazarus and with them. He had been in their home. He had eaten with them. He had listened to them. He had been... Um, he had sat at their table, all of those things. So they knew of his ministry. They mm -hmm. knew that he was the Messiah. So that's question one. Question two, um, I've heard so many times that once we go to heaven, we don't really want to come back. Like it's so grand and opulent. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if Lazarus went to heaven. Um, I don't, I, I haven't researched that. That's something I would like to research to see if he gave any indications after he was raised from the dead that he had been in heaven. Um, I think possibly he wasn't in heaven. He was kind of in a middle ground somewhere waiting on Jesus because Jesus knew he was going to mm -hmm. do it. The same place that Jesus said that he went uh, to, when he said to the thief on the mm -hmm. cross, he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Mm -hmm. He did not say you'll be with me in heaven. Correct. Now, some people consider paradise heaven. Some theologically, consider heaven paradise. there's so, people that have a problem with paradise because I think uh, in the Catholic faith they yeah. believe in a paradise. Uh, we're not here to debate that, right? But but you know who knows? Maybe so. Maybe one thing too, or maybe he was just asleep. Maybe he was just yeah, he was just chilling. Maybe he really wasn't as stinky as they thought he was. Yeah. But you know, I've I've never thought about this, and and I'm, I don't. This wasn't on the notes, so we're going we're going sidebar for just a second. As long as you don't go down. Okay. <laughs> All right. I won't get ahead of you. I promise. 
But you know, the thing that's interesting is that during the time of Jesus's ministry uh, on the earth, he, it's like, because the reason I asked, do you think that, that Lazarus expected to be raised from the dead? And, and of course you said Mary and, and Martha fully expected it, but why? Because like, it's, it's like, it's almost like back in Jesus's ministry, people just didn't accept, accept death for what it was. You know what I mean? Because there's other stories during the time of when Jesus was practicing his ministry where, you know, you know, it's like somebody would die or they were sick or whatever. And it's like, they, they, it's like they didn't, they didn't just go, okay, yeah, he's dead. Yeah, like with the, um, oh, I want to say Pharisee, but it's not a Pharisee with the daughter. Yeah. The yeah. soldier's daughter, I like think people, is what it was. Like yeah. what I'm saying. Where now, they said, lay on her and breathe, right. or it might've been a son or something like Which that. Which is yeah. interesting because nowadays, you know, like when my dad died, I mean, we weren't calling people in or laying hands on him. I mean, to, Corey Ten Boom didn't expect people to die. She laid hands on people and yeah. said, get up. Yeah. You know, so there are, and they did. Yeah. There are, <laughs> there are documented medical um, miracles, <laughs> mi- miracles where people have come back to life. Right. So I guess I think it was more common for Jesus and the people that were around him yeah. than it is for us. Yeah. So why do we accept death? Well, I mean, why do we accept just it's over? I think a lot of times, <laughs> like with, with my mother, yeah. um, it was, it was because she needed to, she needed to be in heaven where she wasn't in pain anymore. Um, being here on earth was very painful for her due right. to the cancer that she had in her body. She had stage four stomach cancer but if God and it is, ate her up. If God is powerful enough to bring them back from the dead, then wouldn't he bring them back from the dead whole? It all depends. Did you pray that way? I'm, I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. I know. I mean, this is all hypothetical. Yeah. We won't know till we talk to Jesus yeah. face to face. But, um, I think that in Jesus's day, they expected miracles out of him, and he performed them to let them know that he was the Messiah. Um, I don't think that after he died and after the disciples slowly died away, the ones that did perform miracles, I don't think that we continue to make it. I don't think we continue to expect it mm-hmm. from a normal standpoint. Yeah. I think people like Corey Ten Boom and... There's uh, Smith Wigglesworth. Yeah, Smith Wigglesworth. That others, was the yeah. name. Yeah. I think the people like that, I think they have an enormous amount of mustard seed faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that people expected them to be able to do it once that once they did it the first time. Yeah. So I don't know. God uses people differently. My calling is not to minister to the dead. That is not who I am. I'll be honest with you because, you know, I I've, don't think I could go near it. I grew up in a church where, you know, signs and wonders and miracles. Right. You exactly. Know, were. Yeah. So I remember growing up and, and attending funerals. And you also have to know me. I am that I'm that little kid. I'm that little kid that, you know, when you go to a funeral home or when you go to a hospital, you know, you're. You're opening all the doors and pushing all the buttons and and you're the one that used to go to a funeral home in the middle of the night to deliver flowers. Well, that's true, but I I remember I couldn't do that. I remember several times being at funerals and just like expecting someone. And sometimes I was like, you know, would people kick me out of here if I just laid hands on this body and commanded it to? I probably would have gone to jail. <laughs> they they would have kicked me out. I mean, but then at the same time, I'm kind of. I was like, not the one that you delivered flowers to. You probably eh, could have gotten know. away with it right, there, right? Because again, God says that the same power that was in Jesus is and the in, disciples is in is you. In us, so. you are no different than one of the disciples. Matter of fact, He commanded you to be a disciple. Next time I go to a funeral home, it's on. I am not going with you. <laughs> I am the person that doesn't go near caskets. I don't like dead bodies. I just, it's not, it's not something I enjoy. I would, I don't think I've ever been to a funeral where I have on purposely gone near the casket. I did have to go near the open casket at your mother's in order to speak. Um, My stepmother asked me to come in the room with my father. Yep. And, um, I think I did go near your father's only because I had to um, hold your mother up with our kids. Yeah, because she was she was taking it hard. So yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, So what is one of the other verses that we memorize as children that we get the little gold star in the Baptist Sunday School for? Genesis one one in the beginning. No, no, no. (laughs) What I know, I'm just being facetious. No, you're just being goofy. It's the one that Tim Tebow. I started. I almost said Tim McGraw. I thought you were going to say Tim Hawkins. No, 
It's, no, I almost said Tim, Tim McGraw. It's the one that Tim Tebow put under his eye with his eye paint, and that is... Mm-hmm. John three sixteen. Yeah. It's one of the greatest verses on grief. And we all memorize it as a kid. It leads to salvation. We ask people after they've been saved to memorize it. We talk about it during the salvation prayer. Um, it's about God giving his only son. God let him die for us, and God loves us that much. Um, it's it's part of that Jesus wept verse. Like God knew grief because he gave Jesus to us mm-hmm. and he had to deal with grief that way. And Jesus dealt with grief with Lazarus. So both of them have gone through whether, yes, they are one person, but both of them have gone through grief in different fashions. Lazarus was a friend. Jesus was a son. So there's the friend pet and the son child. Yeah. One. Right. Um, this leads also to second Corinthians seven ten. for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Whereas worldly grief produces death. This goes to what you were speaking on earlier mm-hmm. about how worldly grief, us grieving here leads to produces death. Like you, if you continue to grieve and continue to fall into that pit and you don't do things to help yourself, if you don't start your healing process, it can lead to death. For instance, if like, you can like physical death, like physical yeah. death oh, yeah. and spiritual death, really. Sure. Yeah. Because you have things like depression mm-hmm. and mourning where you lay in the bed and you don't want to get up and you waste away yep. and you just would rather not be in the world. Well, then you're going to have people grieving you if that happens. So you have to, you have to get up. Godly grief says we need to get up and we need to move on. Um, the hope verse that every pastor gives, um, Let's read it like this. We have hope in Jesus, and he will bring with him those who left before us, just like he rose. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 14. All that means is that when Jesus comes back, he's going to bring everybody with him that that left before us that was in him, and we're all going to get to celebrate, and we're all going to get to dance around the throne. And as my mother said, do the Watusi. So we're going to all get to do the Watusi around the throne. Um, Matthew five, four says we are to comfort those who have lost. Um, so comfort each other, pray for each other, know your friends and your family and know what they're going through, know their signs, their triggers, help them out. Um, we went to see casting crowns with some friends, thanks to Michael's awesome work. And, um, during that, during that night, we knew they were going to sing the song and me and my friend were sitting next to each other and the song started the Scars in Heaven song started. She knows it's, I know it's a trigger for her, but it's a healing song for me. And I grabbed her hand and we stood there and we cried together. Be with your friends, comfort them, pray for them, hold them, let them cry, speak to them. Don't say you're sorry. Say, I'm here. I'm here. Even if it's just to talk for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Remember that Isaiah 53, 4 and John eleven thirty five 35 says that Jesus bore our grief. That's that grief that he had with um, Lazarus, the grief that God had when he died, um, when Jesus died. Um, All of those, we know that Jesus and God understand. God heals our broken hearts, which is Psalms 147.3 and 34.18. When you grieve, your heart is broken. It's laid out in pieces. These Everybody says, I love what, I love my daddy with my whole heart, or I love my kids with my whole heart, or I love my spouse with my whole heart. And you genuinely have a whole heart to love each person in your life. You can say, I love my spouse with my whole heart, and I also love my children with my whole heart. Um, when, those, when that heart breaks, it breaks off a little piece of the main heart. So like when... Ray lost his wife, Candy, a little piece of his heart broke and it's kind of floating around out there. And the only person that can heal that is God. Yeah. And I think as he alluded to during his segment, um, you know, even more so, I think, than losing your children or your your parents, when you lose a spouse, you know, because the word does say that, you know, we become one. Mm -hmm. So we are one flesh. We are one body. Um, So when you lose a spouse, it is quite literally like losing part of yourself. Correct. Yep. Matthew 11 says his burden is light. 
If his burden is light and we have his burden and he took ours, what does that say about our now burden? It should be light. Mm-hmm. He took our burdens. Yeah. Grief is a burden. Um, John 16, 22, Jesus told the disciples that they will grieve. So grief was even back then with the disciples. He's going to be gone. They're going to grieve. Luke 6, 21, which is one of my favorites. What does what comes in the morning? Uh, uh, coffee. <laughs> I'm done with him. Somebody come get him. <laughs> this is why I don't preach is because when I give answers like that, people in the audience are going to say stupid things like coffee. Morning breath. For you, yes. yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> joy comes in the morning there you go <laughs> so luke six twenty one says weeping brings laughter obviously this is a topic you can laugh about you can laugh about grief you can remember good times and talk about people and remember the things i am sitting here looking at a tigger that i ordered for a baby shower but it is a tigger that reminds me of my daddy and my mama and it's, I'm sitting here and I would, when I bought it, I squealed for joy and laughed that it was actually coming and that I only had to pay $4 for it. So laughter does come from memories. So you can mm-hmm. laugh about and while you're grieving at the same time. It doesn't mean you're over it. You never get over it. Okay. So I have to, I, again, most of the time I spring things on her. So I don't even give her a chance to, yep. I don't even give her a chance to, uh, to prepare for this. Um, but you were a history teacher. Um, There's so much that can come from this okay. question. All right. You were a history teacher. So I'm, I'm kind of uh, kind of going along with the weeping brings laughter, right? Okay. Um, well, it, it really in all these, all these ways that people deal with grief. Um, and I know that part of your really one thing that you really liked in teaching U.S. history especially mm-hmm. was Civil War. And so you have a lot of knowledge about the African-American culture um, from, you know, that dates back in history. Now, mm-hmm. this is not. And also from teaching yeah. African-American so please, students please, for the majority of my career. Let me preface this by saying this is not a, 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 a dig or a blight towards the African community community. In fact, I'm hoping you'll help me remember if there's listeners that are in part of the African American, you know, black community that they could, they'd let me know. I've been to, you know, obviously Caucasian white, white funerals. Mm -hmm. And I've seen, you know, like my mom, I mean, my mom broke down at the casket, you know, she, you know, she, she genuinely was grieving. Her heart was broken for Mm -hmm. the loss of her husband. But I've also been to black funerals and I will say they're complete polar opposites in the pomp and circumstance that go into them. And, and mm-hmm. what I have seen more often in the black community is that, I mean, there is wailing. I mean, the whole crowd is wailing, not just the immediate family. Correct. There's they'll lay on top of the body sometime, get in the casket. You know, it's, it's a whole thing. Um, do you have any, un, I mean, do you have any explanation as to why it's different? So back in civil war or before the civil war in slave times, um, when an African-American or a slave died, mm-hmm. they were just rolled into a grave. They weren't really given a funeral. They really wow. didn't have names. They didn't have birth certificates or death certificates. Um, they were just a slave by the owner. The owner didn't care for them. Majority of the owners. Mm-hmm. I won't say all the owners. Right. Um, there were some masters who were very loving and gentle with their slaves, yeah. but that was few and very, very, very they far They weren't between. valued. They were not valued. Yeah. They were property. Yep. As some of the laws at that time stated, they were property. Yep. Um, so when they died, it wasn't it wasn't recognized by the owners of the estate and the the people who worked the estate. It was recognized more by their community and their family units. But grieving or showing grief at that time would get you beat. Wow. Um, because if they died in the middle of a work day, you just rolled them into a shallow grave, covered them up and keep on picking. It mm. wasn't it wasn't meant for you to stop. Um, and so once they were able to be freed or once they were able to have funerals, there were some plantations that allowed funerals at the end of the day kind of thing. You do it on your own time. Um, if you've ever seen 12 Years a Slave, it's a great representation of that where the other slaves mourned the older slave that died and they 
um, they were gathered around the grave and they were singing spirituals and things like that. After Civil War, after slavery ended, quote unquote, and they were kind of free to then move through life, that grieving period, that mourning. So grieving and mourning are two different things. Mourning is that wailing, throwing yourself on the casket, the whole pomp and circumstance of the funeral. Grieving is what happens after that. So the whole mourning process then took on meaning for them because they could then start doing the mourning process in a greater fashion. Mm -hmm. I don't know where the... um, RIP t-shirts came in and the um, booklet of the life of the the person that died, all of those things. But I have been to a couple of my students' funerals that have had those. I've been to a vice principal who died who had it. Yeah. I mean, the entire um, community center, I think, is where we held his funeral. And it was just packed with everybody from the school and the teachers. I think I'd only been there three months when it happened. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, just ribbons, people are wearing ribbons. People are wearing the big hats like it's Easter. Um, They're wailing and crying. There's all kinds of speeches and, you know, people are getting up and memorializing. Um, We don't do that in a white culture Um, in the, Typically in the Protestant white culture, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we do eulogies. We give the message. We bury the dead. Yeah. Um, there are still some white folk that will do that mourning and sure. stuff yeah. like that. Um, some, If you've ever watched a funeral in New Orleans mm-hmm. with the whole pomp and circumstance yep. of that, that's kind of where that genre comes from. Remember, this is the South. Most of the... Um, African-Americans that you're thinking of, it's a Southern culture thing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. And if there are any listeners in the North, please correct me if I'm wrong. I would love to learn. That is something that interests me. Um, Most of the Northern communities don't have that pomp and circumstance that I know of. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I've I've just always been curious because in, in, again, you don't see a lot of quote celebration or celebration of life. Uh, in in the black community at their funerals, again, it is more of a mourning type. There is celebration of life, right? but they do the mourning process first. Yeah. Their yeah. celebration of life typically comes a year after. Yeah. Um, and what we mean by celebration of life is that um, the mourning period has ended. You're not wailing and crying and screaming. You're celebrating the life that was. You're talking about the memories, that kind of thing. For instance, at my mother-in-law's funeral, my husband spoke about his mom and how she was goofy, crazy, and forgetful, Mm -hmm. and how we, you know, she wore (laughs) these silly hats when she went out shopping and things like that. And then at the end, he talked about we had bought her an AirTag for Christmas because she wanted one, and she didn't understand how it worked. And so we were going to teach her how it worked. We went ahead and bought it because that's what she had on her list. And um, we were going to teach her how it worked. And then, of course, she died a few days before Christmas. And so he said he had this brilliant idea. He was going to put it in the casket with her so she'd always know where she was. And then he remembered she's not there. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, like, those kinds of stories. And then he ended with, you know, put on a silly hat and and dance like – or, no, have um, a high chew on us and and, and eat one for mom kind of thing. And I was the one who said – put on the silly hat and dance like mom. Do you remember early, this would have been only a couple of years after we got married. Uh, uh, do you remember, you remember the, the wake <laughs> or the, I guess you'd call it a wake. Remember, remember the, the, the time I DJed at a, at a funeral home. Do you remember that? I remember briefly I was working that at, you did it. I was working at a radio station and we got, we got requested <laughs> to, and I'm sorry, this is probably rude. We got requested to do a, in the in the radio business, they used to call them remotes. It's basically where you show up and broadcast live. Was it somebody famous or somebody no, it was important? Just, it, it was just or? a fan of the radio station. And the radio station did it? it? They sent me down there with like speakers and I was <laughs> DJ. Sorry, I don't mean to snort. <laughs> He's really not laughing at anyone, I promise. No, I, but I, I, I felt so uncomfortable. 
But you know what? I mean, again, to kind of put a bow on this little thing that we've belabored a little, a little side, bit. Side you know, but but you know what? Here's the thing. You know, to each his own. Why, well, first off, why shouldn't it have been a celebration? Why, I mean, why apparently be, that's what the person wanted. Why can't it be a celebration? You know? I mean, Daddy talked for, gosh almighty, I was 44 when he died. Yep. Daddy talked for 44 years that I can remember yep. about don't mourn me, don't grieve me, don't put me in a box and put me in the ground squalling and crying and throwing yourself on me. Yeah. Put me in a box, cardboard the better. Mm-hmm. bury me somewhere outside of a tree, yep. put a headstone on it or a cross and tell me goodbye, but take the money, have a celebration, drink it up, laugh it up, have a good time. Yeah. And we tried our best to fulfill as much of that as we possibly could. But I mean, why not celebrate? I want y'all to celebrate when I go Yeah. after you. All right. We're going to drop it like it's hot. Mm-t, mm-t, you mm-t, ain't going to be there. Mm-t, 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 mm-t. I done told you God's going to take you first. All right, we'll I'm see. his favorite. We'll see how that works. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, <laughs> weeping brings laughter. And we hope that, that we hope we've made you laugh. And, and we hope that whenever, you know, whenever the time comes for, uh, for, 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 for us or for you or for yeah. a family member that you, that you spend time laugh, laughing and remembering the, yeah. the memories are the best part. Um, mm-hmm. and have someone in your life you can talk to. I mean, I have certain memories that my husband will never have. He doesn't know what Germany looked like. He doesn't know what our time there was, but my sister does. And so we spend a lot of time talking about memories that both of us remember, but then, we never remember correctly the same. She has memories. I have no idea where yeah. they came from. Yeah. And I have memories that she's like, that's not how that happened. Yeah. I'm looking ahead and, and it's, it's, it's almost like you planned for these to set the other one up. <gasps> Cause we just talked about laughter. And when I think about laughter, I think about joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Romans eight eighteen says our suffering does not compare to the coming joy. The coming joy. Yeah. What's the coming joy? When Jesus comes back. Mm-hmm. So Revelation 21 says, give a, it gives us hope of a place with no loss and no mourning. That's right. Can you imagine that our loved ones are already there dancing around the throne? They've seen, oh, good Lord. I've just been wanting to use that. <laughs> I've been wanting to use that. Go ahead. Go ahead. So our loved ones are already there. They have already seen their mansion. They are already walking on their streets of gold. They have already seen Jesus. They have worshiped with the angels. They are singing holy, holy, holy. And there is no loss, no mourning, no grieving, no nothing. And we get to go and be with them. And he is going to drive me nuts with this. All right, I'll stop. (laughs) Okay. So my overall favorite one of all the scriptures that I researched was 2 Corinthians 4, 17, 18. And it says, our temporary minor problems are producing an eternal stockpile of glory for us that is beyond all comparison. We don't focus on the things that can be seen, but on the things that can't be seen. The things that can't can be seen don't last, but the things that can't be seen are eternal. Oh, oh, was I supposed to do that? No, but that was a good ending for it. <laughs> you didn't know I could play organ so well, did you? I didn't know at all. That organ over there is mm. just miraculously mm. showed up at the last minute. I know. I was wondering how that got in here. I know. <laughs> um, so this scripture just basically is saying exactly what we just talked about. All of our loved ones have gone on before us. There's no loss. There's no mourning. Everything that they had here on earth is gone. The old adage Spend it now, you can't take it with you, or give it away, you can't take it with you. The pharaohs didn't know what they were talking about. There was no reason to have all that gold and all those mummies and all that stuff in these big pyramids because you can't take it with you. What can be seen won't last, and what cannot be seen will be eternal. In other words, our souls, our memories, all of those things are eternal. I will forever have the memory of my first Christmas in Germany with my parents. That's eternal. It will never go away. Yeah. Even if I lose my memories, that memory will never go away. It's still Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. You can kill your body. Well, wait a minute. I was going to say. No, don't kill your body. No, I was going to say you can. 
Well, that doesn't make any sense. Never mind. I don't, <laughs> I don't think he what knows what he was trying to say. say. I was going to say, no one, people can take things away from you. They can't take your memories. That's what I was That's trying what to it say. Is. Yes. Yeah. So our final thing, is there anything else you want to give before I give our final little tidbit, my very last thing I want to give? Uh, no, just that this is, this is great information. I hope that it's practical. I hope that these are practical steps and things that you can implement into your life, uh, as, as you, you know, walk through different types of grief. And I, I think right. that, you know, it's like we talked about in the last episode, you know, yeah, we know that this first season, um, was heavy, what, you know, yeah. But, but the thing is, you know, as, as we've said many times, it's something everybody, if you live long enough, you will go through it. Yep. The older you get, the more grief you have. That's right. So that, I think this and is... And grief is normal. Normalize grief. Normalize, Stop holding on to it. Normalize grief. Yep. Yep. It's okay to have moments of grief throughout your day. I had one this morning. It's okay to have moments of grief when you see a picture. Michael posted something a couple of days ago, his mom, uh, like a montage of his mom. He wasn't even her birthday or anything close oh, to it. Oh, it. it was a video. It was from, like a memory. Of, of when she was at David Buster's. Yeah. yeah. And he just posted it and said he missed how fun she used to be. Yeah. So, you know, and it, it, like I said, it wasn't her birthday. wasn't mother's day. It's not Christmas. There's no rhyme or reason to it. He just had a moment. That's grief and yeah. it's okay. And he posted it, talked about it, moved on. Yeah. So post it, talk about it, move on. Yep. That's his, that's his way post of dealing. It, talk about it, move on, move on. All right. So our final thing I wanted to state was, your purpose in life doesn't end with a diagnosis, whether that diagnosis is the loss of a spouse or that diagnosis is your own. Your purpose ends when you take your last breath. Make every breath count. Make every moment count. Listen to others. Love others. And do what God tells us to do and make disciples of him. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's some, that's, that's some fresh rev. Hang on. I'll give you an organ hit. Oh, my God. That was good. Thank you. That was good. You want to pray? You want me to? Well, hang on. So let's let's do some housekeeping before okay, we, housekeeping. before we pray. Some so so ha- some housekeeping. Uh, first off, again, I know you were thanking people uh, in the last episode. Uh, let me Correct. thank you. You have you have done amazing. So I, I give you I give you props. I mean, great job, great thank job, you, great thank job, you, thank great you, job. Thank you. Um, but also, um, you know, again, in full transparency, one of the main reasons that we started this podcast was a way to build, um, you know, to, to build, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I just had a, a brain start fart. my ministry. Well, yeah, but, but to also, to also kind of build, you know, marketing and to build, uh, to build up a, a, a following for you as you take your next step which is uh, finishing my book, finishing your book. Yeah. So I appreciate prayers. I actually will say that I covet them. Um, Not something I say very often. Um, My original intent was to use this podcast and the information that, sorry, and the information that was gleaned from it um, with the interviews and stuff to sit down for a week or so and finish up my book and um, actually get, that to a publisher yeah. um, due to some financial <laughs> yeah. backing that that week off that I was planning on doing is not going to happen. But it, I am going to make an intent to take a day each week this next couple of months and just spend it sitting in the office writing and finishing up this book, hopefully by the end of the year. Well, and, and the thing, too, is is obviously the topics that we've covered, you know, on these podcasts it's just, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Your book will go much, much, much deeper. Yeah. You'll get my full testimony in the yep. book of yep. um, grief starting way back when moving, leaving friends, that kind of thing. And then just moving on through um, all the way through present day where we are still grieving, you know, our parents and our, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. we grieve the moments that we miss with our kids and grandkids since we're not there, but um, we know we're where God has us and we're going to continue where we are, but the book will come out whether I have to self-publish it or get the publisher to publish it. Yeah. Um, one way or the other, it will come out um, and it will be available on our website when it does. Um, and then maybe we'll start working on the next topic book. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in the meantime, as charity is uh, 
wrapping up writing her book, obviously once the book is written. But you know, if if this topic has spoken to you and you think that it would speak to others, again, you know, we ask you to share the podcast. We do that all the time. But also, you know, Charity, and she's going to kill me for saying this. She is. She doesn't like to do it, but she's also a very dynamic speaker when she does speak. So you know, if, if you would like for her to come talk to your group. That or, is if I can keep my breathing control when I speak. <laughs> yeah. But if you would like for her to come speak to, you know, your small group or your group or your church or, you know, your, uh, your, your, uh, your conference in a large arena of 30,000 people. God, Lord Jesus. If you would me. like for her to do that, <laughs> um, just simply go to our website, lifeministrieswfl.com, hit the contact us page and let us know. Uh, also, I would be remiss uh, if I did not say again, thank you to everyone who has prayed for us, covered us in prayer, listened to the podcast, whether it was one time or all 15 or whatever. It's only been 10. Well, I'm talking about 15 in a row, <laughs> like some people do. But, oh, uh, like they listen yes, to 15 I mean. yes, yes, yes. times yeah, to one episode. Yeah, yeah. I have a thank you that we didn't thank last week. Who? We need to thank our web designer. Oh, absolutely. And I will tell him to listen. So I know we did this, I think, in the episode where we announced the website. Mm-hmm. But uh, our amazing uh, web designer, Terry Lamar, who <laughs> designed yeah, designed our website. Uh, and here's here's the dangerous part. Now, I am a techie, and I, I do know a lot about things. But... Um, you know, one thing that that I don't claim to be is a web designer, and the dangerous thing is that he basically, you know, made the website and then gave me the keys to it and was like, "Here, um, here's how to do this." And so, um, you know, he <laughs> are you having issues over there? I broke it. Don't know how to fix it. There there, she broke her headphones. I took my headphones off to let the dog out. See, this is behind the scenes at this point. Behind moment. the scenes, yeah. I took the headphones off to let the dog out so I wouldn't make so much noise. I don't figure I fixed that problem, though. I made more noise when I was trying to put them back on. Yeah. So these are more technological than I like. But yeah, we thank we thank Terry for setting up our website. But yes, um, all and we the, want to thank Kim for the headshots. Yes, Kim Cortez. Uh, she took uh, Charity's headshots. A lot of those you she see on the website. She also took our group picture, yeah, our, right. our couple yeah. picture. She yeah, took our couple picture as well. So. So, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, as we say all the time, and we're going to keep drilling it in, please share, please review, please like, please do all the things. That's not for our ego. That's to get us in front of more people. Keep checking the website for the book release. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, so do all that for us. It really, really helps. And then, again, if you missed uh, last episode or you haven't heard yet, uh, season two is soon coming. I, I I don't know if we're taking a break or not. We may. But we, we may, may take a couple of weeks just yeah. to 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 do some research and and come up with topics and yeah. stuff like I, we did with this. Movie. I would say probably coming at the late at the latest probably mid to late October of 2023 is yep. going to be season two, and that's all about marriage. 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 So if you have love questions about marriage, marriage that's not appropriate. Um, if you have questions about marriage or you have a topic that just screams at you mm-hmm. that you want to um, have us cover and think about using, um, go ahead and leave that on our website as well, either through the voicemail or through the contact us. Yep. Or you can comment on the podcast platforms and let us know. So yep. there are three ways right there. Please don't comment on social media and let us know. We we would prefer that you comment on the platforms that you listen on. One that helps, like we've talked about, the algorithm. Um, just like Facebook algorithm, you miss half of your friends. If you're not commenting and texting and posting on those platforms it doesn't boost them um and then we get lost way down at the bottom of all the platforms um also i will be posting um the release of the podcast that i am speaking on next week oh that's right yeah yeah so i will be speaking on a podcast called jesus and my girls Hmm. and um a person that we found on the christian podcast platforms um, she was asking for some people to be, um, co-host with her on her podcast and, mm-hmm. um, due to the nature of our podcast and that it's a ministry and that I'm kind of the lead, she wanted me to speak. So I will be, Michael will be doing the producing of that on my end, speaking with her, making sure that I'm talking and sounding perfect. Yep. Yep. And, and, and two, you know, um, speaking of guests, if you guys have any recommendations for guests, 
that you would like to hear. Uh, you know, I will say without trying to toot my own horn, but, uh, you know, because of all my years in, in this industry, I've, I've made a lot of cool connections. And so um, chances are I, I can I can reach out to people. So, you know, especially on the marriage topic coming up for season two, if there's somebody in the Christian marriage counseling or Christian marriage minister realm that you would like to to hear us have on, let us know. I've already planned and this is a step out. So. He's about to get hurt. No, I've already I've already planned to, you know, possibly try to have on Dave and Ashley Willis. I figured that. I would like to try to have on Jimmy Evans and some yep. other some other people Joe in the, McGee. Joe McGee, uh, you know. And so not it, not guaranteed, guys. Yeah, Please no, don't not this guaranteed, is a step out. But, we are reaching out yes, to them but if on you, topics. But if you if you if you're listening and you know them or know somebody that knows somebody that knows know somebody, somebody that knows them, uh, tell them, hey, there's these there's these two kids in Florida. That would like to have them on their podcast. I don't know who he's calling the kid because my bones don't say kid. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's all coming up. But uh, we like have, our daughter said yesterday, them bones are creaking. Yeah, we've had she's a, the young one. We've had an absolute blast and we really enjoy doing this. And again, we just pray that, that God will continue to bless us. So, yeah. All right. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for an amazing season. Thank you for love and laughter and memories, Father. Thank you that grief is not something to be shoved into a closet, to be covered over, to throw a blanket over when when guests come over. But Father, that it is to be um, celebrated that you grieved, that Jesus grieved. We can grieve, Father. We can normalize it. But grief does not have to take over our lives. It does not have to become mourning. It does not have to live in our head 24 hours a day, but that we can have moments. We can wake up, we can remember and we can move on. Father, thank you for the people under the sound of my voice, Father, that have continued to listen, that love you and love us and want to continue on this journey with us. Help us as we move into the next season, Father God. Help us to continue to speak your word and your life and your truth, Father. Father, I ask right now that you bless each and every member of our families, our family that listens, Father God. This is part of our family, and we just thank you that you are blessing them as they go about their day, Father. I thank you for all that you are and all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep listening as we move into our next season, marriage. Check out our website for the upcoming topics and the next launch date. We are praying for you. Jesus loves you. We love you. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. We ask you to continue joining us as we explore living in freedom every day. Thank you for joining us for the Living in Freedom Everyday podcast. We would love to hear from you. Let us know how we can pray for you. You can contact us directly from our website, lifeministriesswfl.com. That's lifeministriesswfl.com. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Find all of our social media links on our website. If you'd like to partner with Life Ministries and support us financially to assure that we can continue to spread the gospel via our podcast, books, and speaking engagements, simply click on the donate button on the main page of our website, lifeministrieswfl.com. God bless you for your generosity. Now, until we join you again, remember that we're praying for you as together we learn to live in freedom every day.